Warning. Explicit content. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Scott David Chase. This is my truth. Tell me yours. It is uh, the first episode uh, recorded in 2023, and uh, it's a three-peat. This is uh, my conversation with Ryan Lavasser. third time Ryan's been on. Um, he is in the uh, distinguished company of Mr. Dan Blakesley, uh, as being on this podcast a third time. Uh, Ryan is the singer, guitarist, and primary songwriter for the band New Nord, uh, based in New Hampshire. And Ryan is uh, uh, right, you know, right around the time this, this episode comes out, he will be playing a solo gig at The Firmament in Dover, New Hampshire. Uh, info for that you can can be found at thefirmament.com. And uh, yeah, uh, Ryan and I have been friends for decades and you know we've we've talked quite a bit since the last time he was on in December of 2019 but um, uh, he was just putting together the band new Nord uh, the last time we talked you know it was still um, becoming what it what it is now they've they released their debut EP whatever's clever in 2022 and they are working on uh, a full-length album this year 2023 we talk about that we also kind of go around the world with uh music of our youth um and uh yeah it was a fun conversation it was it was cool hanging out uh with ryan and family at their house for a bit beforehand um because i don't get to see him as much as i'd like to and it's always great to hang out with him but um yeah enjoyed this conversation with myself and ryan lavasser I work for Anger, and that cart is here, and he is on the top. Nice. Of the cart. Have fun. We will. We've also started recording already. Cool. It's uh, it's funny because this is so you share the dubious honor with Mr. Dan Blakesley of being the only person who's been on three times. Three times. It's funny, I had to look back. um, The last time you were on, that episode came out on my birthday in 2019. So it's been three years. Um, I think we recorded it a a few weeks before that, but actually in flight. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. It's so funny to like, because I was like thinking about it today before I looked it up, and I was like, I feel like it was about two years ago, but but it was pre-pandemic. Yeah, we're coming up on like almost three years of pandemic. So it was it was just before our uh, we we're gonna play our first show. I New York, yeah, yeah, it's coming yeah, up on that because I think and I don't remember. When is your birthday again? December 15th. Yeah. 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 So it was probably, we probably recorded like the end of November, probably like the week before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, But that would be my guess. Um, And so I think it's still predated when we did the two um, RPM challenge things. Yeah. Um, 
because I remember you were you were using that as sort of a catalyst for ideas for for new movies. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, it was uh, just uh, like assignments, like writing assignments, right. and right. that's kind of how that how that played out. Yeah. Well, it was funny because like here's a bunch of song titles. Like, okay, right. We'll fit that in there somehow. Yeah, it was. Uh, I can't remember because I don't remember if any of those have turned into full-fledged New Nord songs or if they like... I don't you know. think they have yet. Yeah. I think there are some from the second one yeah. that are... Because we were still trying to figure out what we were even going to... Do. Do, yeah. yeah. And uh, actually, they're all up on our list of tunes where if we right. dry up, we're like, well, let's go work on that one. Yeah. But they're all... A lot of them are a lot heavier than we are. Sure. You know? Well, and that was the thing when... So just for people listening that are like, what are they talking about? Um, the RPM Challenge is something that The Wire magazine came up with 16 years ago, 17 years ago, something yeah. like that. So every February, the challenge is to write and record and release back... Because when it started, people were still doing crazy things called compact discs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, write, record, and release an album in the month of February, yeah. the shortest month of the year. 10 songs or 30 minutes of music. Yeah. And um, the Minus Scale never did an RPM thing. We never did. Um, but, and actually my, you probably know this, my very first, very first time doing stand-up comedy in front of an audience was recording an RPM album. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it was basically like... Scott the Enemy? Yeah, Scott the Enemy online. Uh, <laughs> I recorded at the Players' Ring. Uh, okay. Dan Blakesley opened for me. Um, there was about 45 people in the audience. Okay. And uh, 75 minutes that I recorded. Uh, but it was... Um, I basically like set it up, and I was like, all right, well, now this will force me to do it. Yeah. Um, and... I lied to a bunch of people and told them I had done it a few times before, but it was literally my first time doing stand-up. It was a 75-minute set, which I'm, I haven't listened to that recording in several years. I'm sure I'd be embarrassed now. But, um, but anyway, it's the RPM challenge. And, you know, dozens, probably hundreds at this point, people do it every year. Mm-hmm. So you and I came up with this idea where I would come up with a song title. Right. I, like every morning for like 10 days, I'd send you like four or five song titles. Yeah. And then you were doing like kind of like a guided by voices style, like, like very short. 30, 40 second song. Yeah. And I think the one parameter was you had to use the name of the song in the lyrics at some point. I don't know if it was a parameter, but, but I certainly <laughs> made it that way. Yeah. yeah. It just... I think it, I started trying to like <coughs> pick a melody out of any one of those titles. Right. Like, okay. Now I'm going to, I'm going to just see this to it. Yeah. And, yeah. And it was funny because when I was doing it to you, like I would have like some of them would come to me when I would send it to you. And I also kept like a little like notebook in my phone, yeah. which I still do for painting titles. Yeah. And then, but a lot of them, because like I, I think like both aesthetically and like artistically, I certainly skew a lot darker than you do. So I was like, yeah. there were some that I was like, 
oh, this is too dark. It's yeah. like, Ryan's not going to dig this. I'm like, he's going to think I'm like trying to force him to write a corn song or something. Like, but yeah, some, and some of the ones that I didn't use, I ended up, they, I threw in my, in my painting type yeah. uh, cache. Yeah, so, save them. Yeah. yeah. Ancient Grains of New Oblivion. Yeah. That is one that we played. And uh, New Lunar Year is yeah. the other one. Lunar New Year. Yeah. New Lunar Year is what you wrote. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, I changed this a little bit. I was like, oh. I, I didn't for that, but I'm going yeah. to. Oh, you say, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> New yeah. yeah and, and the, and the sort of the, the flip side was once you, once you did it, you would send me them back and yeah. I was creating paintings on them and yeah. I forced myself. So I picked both times. I only picked two colors to use for the whole thing. Yeah. And I tried being very not f- figurative, not literal, because that's yeah. usually how I paint. So I was trying to do that. And there's yeah. there's a couple that I like. There's one still in my bathroom. It's a it's got a razor blade that I glued to it. Um, okay. And there's one that has a cassette glued to it. We have that one in her room. Okay. Yeah, because it's purple and orange. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. The first year was purple and orange, and I think it was teal and. It was like a like a weird electric pink. Okay. Because I basically picked two colors that I like or in my set of paints that I'm like, I never use that. I'm like, yeah. all right, I gotta use it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah we have the uh, the tape and crossbones. Uh, the orange tape on a purple background. Yeah. That was it's in her room. Yeah. Which was funny because I totally forgot about it when I made that thing and then like two months later when I was unpacking clothes I found an old minus scale shirt yeah. with t- and I was like oh, I totally ripped off Ryan's band and made a painting for, for Ryan's project for his band that's right we did the skull yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's the only minus scale shirt that I still have yeah yeah I have two and I got the, a... the sleeves off of it long ago <laughs> yeah. yeah I've got two in a box downstairs yeah um but yeah, no, that's that. That was fine. I think I, I gotta call Mark. Um, but uh, we had a conversation about doing a story-based RPM project, Mark Adams, um, about doing a, a story-based one. This is a few months ago. Yeah, you gotta check him to see if he's still game. Yeah, I mean, you got a couple of weeks till till February. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about. I thought about doing that this year, but I'm so I'm doing a road trip January, yep. February. Right on. So I'm trying to figure out maybe trying to do something around that, but also I try to cram way too much stuff into every year, and you know, sometimes it's yeah. Gonna, I mean, which is good. Maybe it would help if you made a list of all the things you were trying to cram into your. <laughs> It's so funny because uh, I know right now you're not on social media, but yeah. I mean, you know how I, I, I love my daily routines of things that I post yeah, yeah. and it inevitably gets longer as the year goes on. And sure. uh, I don't want to, I won't name her name <laughs> and I'm not making fun of her, um, but it just cracked me up earlier today. An artist friend of mine who's from the seacoast, um, was like did you ever do a recap for the end of the year like I want to see how all these ends I was like yeah 
She's like, when did it come out? I was like, December 31st. <laughs> the last, the last day. That is the recap. Yeah, Do you I want Sly? Like, I was like, I, I was like, <laughs> but, but I also like the older I've gotten, you know, and kind of touching on what we were talking about before we recorded, um, mm-hmm. the older I've gotten, the more, um, I just have to remind myself. I'm like, not everyone thinks the same way. Like everyone's thought processes different yeah. and that's totally fine. Like, <laughs> and I also like totally fine with like my brain's weird. Like I, like I, I used to try and hide it. Now I'm just like, yeah, that's how my brain works. That's cool. It, that you don't understand because yeah, mine's but there up, is, but. there is a, there is a thrill that comes to making, lists and tracking things over time like sure. collecting data and yeah that that's i mean we do it for work mm-hmm. you know um just tracking our weekly activity to see what it what it produced you know yeah. uh it's probably why i don't do any of that sort of thing in my creative life right. <laughs> there's no tracking i have a dating system for my um for recording files right but i'm not trying to do anything any specific sure. amount of work I'm just trying to take more and more pressure off of that well um, for, for my creative process it's sort of like a it's the only way I can get stuff done is mm-hmm. having routines because like long ago I realized you know because I, I talk to people particularly like visual artists yeah and they're like, I haven't made, I haven't created in so long. I just haven't felt inspired in yours. And and it wasn't my idea. Other it, people much smarter than me, much, you know, much more prolific than me are like, mm. doesn't matter if you're feeling inspired, you just got to sit down and do the work. Stephen Pressfield. Yeah. 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 And, you know, I'm sure playing guitar and stuff like that is just like, yeah. you know, it doesn't matter if uh, I'm feeling inspired. You just got to. Yeah. Walk. You just have to go do it. Yeah. And that's. So there's that side of it, right? Like, if I'm going to treat this, if I'm going to take this serious, I need to treat it like a like a job. Anyone that that does it and does it successfully, yeah, there's a lot of work going in behind the scenes that sucks, right? Right. Like, like it's that's just you know, for every one good song, (laughs) you've got twenty shitty ones, you know. Sure. Uh, So, so yeah, sitting down and, and finding the time to do it. Yeah. is key but at the same time you know being that it's not the only thing I do right being having a little bit more grace with how much time I'm spending actually doing it sure. and and appreciating that oh my god I just got two hours into this like yeah. this, I, I just I just played music for an hour that's great I got yeah. something out of it you know yeah. um, and then on the nights that I don't uh, then that's fine. Yeah. It's, it's the, it's the nights where I'm like, Oh man, I just watched like four straight hours of the office and I've seen these all 30 times. Sure. So like, what am I doing? Like that's like, that's usually the wake up call. Like, okay. All right. Now, now it's time to like, maybe, um, be really intentional with how much time you're setting aside to do right. <laughs> certain things. But well, it's funny cause I can certainly do, that I think it's very easy any of us particularly with like Netflix or Disney Plus sure. or whatever where you just have it going and just yeah. you know you know even if in your head when you put it on you're like oh this is background mm-hmm. you're like oh I've been sitting here for 
two and a half hours now. Um, which is funny. People always like, cause I go to the movies yeah. like several times a week. Yeah. I enjoy that. I enjoy the experience, but more importantly, it's an intentional thing for me. It's like, I'm taking two hours to go to this where like, I don't watch that much. Like I hardly ever watch anything streaming yeah. and you know, I'm, you know, I'm old and I still have DVDs and stuff like yeah. that. So it's like, I watch a movie on DVD. It usually takes me about, uh, four days of a half an hour at a time. Cause I'll, you know, before work, I make my lunch. Yeah. Uh, I, then I make my, breakfast for the day and yeah. I'll sit in front of the TV for a half an hour and eat my meal and yeah. then, you know before I get ready for so you know, it, yeah but because uh, I, I can easily if I just have something on I'll just watch for forever and yeah. that's the thing I'll fall back into like you know comfort things you know right uh, before you know it, you're watching you're just consuming other people's art and right. and producing none of your own right. and then that that's the cycle of beating yourself up that's never yeah. never fun that's what I called my th- my 30s uh-huh. basically <laughs> it's just consuming consuming other people's work and there, there's a healthy amount of that to do sure but but I mean you also yeah. I mean I mean, how long have you guys been married now? Been married twelve years. Yeah, so that's yeah. that. It's a timeline, like yeah, newly married, new, new life. So like, yeah, because I, I know we, you know I've known you long enough to know that you know we do have some similar personality yeah. things that I know. For me, when there's change, even if it's a good change, yeah, you know, it's the sphincter tightens, and I'm just like, oh, oh no, sure, and yeah. I fall back into comfort things when that happens more and more. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because the 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 change forces you back to something familiar. That change is big enough that you don't want to stretch anything else. This is <laughs> interpreted in a number sure, of ways, sure. yeah. but uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah. That that's certainly. It. I think post uh, minus scale. Yeah, it was like just a very dry creative time. Like the last couple of years of that were pretty yeah. dry, yeah. honestly. Um, and you know, and we got married, and I started working towards teaching. Right. Um, and Addie, we had Addie. So yeah, I mean, there was a lot of really positive stuff during that time, but, yeah. uh, there's a lot of positive stuff during that time. No buts. Yeah. The thing that I wish I'd realized, uh, is that you can balance, you can, you can, you can reduce the amount of time you spend doing a thing, right. you know? Right. And I was letting the fact that I was teaching you, teaching, you know, guitar be, that's the only, that's really my guitar outlet for that and, and playing in a cover band. Right. And it's great for income, but it's not a, not really creatively satisfying. Yeah. yeah. Well, Fleet was good like that though, and that we had that that original side. We did a lot of a lot of stuff in that way. Sure. Yeah. But it really was like, okay, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because last time we talked, and obviously you and I talk yeah. fairly regularly, yeah. so it's not like this is like, oh, what have you been doing the last three years? I know what you've been doing the last three years, but like. <laughs> It was interesting because the other two guys in New Nord, yeah. uh, Mark and and Pat, um, 
you play above them in the minus case. Yep. So it's there's. I don't, and I don't mean this in a negative way at all. But I feel like there's less of a, there's more of a sense of comfort watching you guys play. Like you guys are very comfortable with each other. And yeah. It's not like a we have to conquer the world. No. That the minus scale kind of had. Right. Whereas now it's just like, hey, we're kind of all at the same stage in our life. Yeah. But we music's still important to us. Yeah. And we also really like we're friends first. Yeah. So let's just make music yeah. together. Which C- creating is still important. And honestly, like the 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 further along we get, the more it's like. Do you want to just record these for ourselves? Do we have to go play this? Like to promote this, and we're still like we're still tired, quote unquote, from the summer. Like we played a lot uh, for us, played a lot, and uh, by the time that wrapped up, it was like okay, good. And then I got COVID, and we had to push it out, (laughs) push our summer out another month to play uh, at Book and Bar. Um, And uh, yeah, we're still sort of like shell shocked. Yeah, (laughs) but. uh, but we still like to get out and play. Sure. You know, it's, just, sure. It, it, it's, it's weird now being, uh, you know, well, I'm in my forties and Pat and Mark are in their late thirties. Right. Yeah. So who wants to play with us? Like, right. <laughs> like that's, that's a little tricky. Like, yeah. um, and I've had this conversation with other guys in the, in this, uh, sort of position, but yeah. it's like, I don't know, you gotta go out and play. Right. Um, it's like exercise. Sure. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I think about it like, you know, because you guys have done what you've played three of the Mouth Almighty little uh, festivals mm-hmm. that I've done. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've done stand up at, uh, I Wait, think, all of them. How many Mouth Almighty are we in now? There's been five. I've done four of them. Oh yeah, it was just the. I, I, it was just the the second one. The second uh, yeah, one, the, which was, was the weird um, online only, yeah. you know, COVID yeah. uh, one. Uh, and looking back, I wish I'd just done it. Well, I mean, we were still we had no idea what was going on, and it was. Yeah. I think it was more the fact that because everyone who performed, we all worked at Trader Joe's. We're like, yeah. we're, we're all around. Well, like. Whatever you've got, I already have it. That was sort of, my, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was like, because yeah. there was a couple other people that were like, ah, I feel really uncomfortable. I was like, cool, I get it. I, yeah. like, I wasn't like angry at anyone. And it was such a weird, it was more just like, we needed an outlet. But like, you know, every once in a while, like whenever I do that, someone will come up to me within a week or two and be like, I didn't know you do stand up or you used to do it all the time. Like, you should do it yeah. more often. And like, but, the amount of like effort that I put into like, cause I used to do shows all the time yeah. in Arizona, yeah. even when I first moved back here, but I really kind of, once I started focusing on painting, yeah. was like, and I enjoy doing stand up, but it's also like at this point being straight white male in my, you know, now my late forties, um, there's most of the people who are doing it around here are, 20 years younger than me and you know a yeah. lot of them are you know uh, people of color or you yeah. know um, different sexualities whatnot yeah. and like I'm I 100% like get like a lot of the rooms that they're doing them in yeah. they're trying to make them 
you know, a little more yeah. diverse and like, you know, a lot of my, my, my dick and fart jokes, like <laughs> not even like they wouldn't be cool with it. Cause like, I, I think I could do it, but yeah. I'm just like, yeah, I don't know if that's uh that's what those rooms really want. Right. You know, and I'm fine with that. And, and who wants, you know, it's a little weird. Like, hearing the, the, the pop punk bands in their 40s you know talking yeah. about what it's like being a teenager that's tough yeah, yeah. yeah. and I think that's that's why you know there, there's a shift in in what you're you're writing about to a degree sure but it's all the same right the same stuff sure you know? sure yeah. um, it's it's this, it, it gets delivered in a similar way right but you're writing about right. time versus people yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Delete yeah. all that. <laughs> <laughs> nope. That's not how this works. That's not how this works. Edit that out. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's, we still have a lot of fun, you know, getting together and making, making noise at Mark's house. Right. They've um, got a bunch of new stuff in the, in the can. Yeah, well, we've got a, a bunch of it recorded. You know, Chris came over and helped us right. mic up the basement. And, yeah. And uh, hopefully it'll help us, you know, with the rest of it. <laughs> but, you guys, because um, you, you released Whatever's Clever, your debut EP last year. Yep. Um, is that, like, have you guys talked about what you're going to do with the next recordings? Are you, do you think about doing another EP? Do you think about releasing them, like, a song at a time? Or? We're going to do an LP yeah. at some point this year. We're recording it now. We're doing pre-production. Right on. Um, and uh, and kind of figuring it out from there. Sure. Um, we're definitely recording the basics uh, on our own. Yeah. Just because, from an affordability standpoint, like sure. can't like given what we're doing, we're never going to recoup whatever's clever. Sure. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that's fine. Right. Um, and so for this, whatever's gonna, what's gonna allow this to be the most sustainable is doing as much as we can mm-hmm. on our own. Yeah. And when it gets to that next level, it's calling Chris and saying, "Hey, man, can you work with this, right. <laughs> this oh, garbage sure. we put together?" Yeah. Yeah, but at the same point, like you're twenty plus years into recording yeah. music that you wrote, um, yeah, in various studios and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, we recorded with Casey at Houndstooth 20 years ago. Yeah. Like, it's insane. 2003, yeah. Yeah. That's it's, wild. It's nuts. Yeah. But, I mean, like, you know, to your point, you know, recouping is next to impossible just from recording with, like, most bands that are yeah. doing it regularly or semi-regularly. Yeah. Um, you know, touring is where the money that's still out there yeah. is to be made and that's you know. shows and you're selling merch and yeah. you know essentially um, we want to have this pay for itself and we were fortunate enough that that Mark and Pat and I took the proceeds from our uh, Minus Scale reunion show in 2021 yeah. and that was sort of the seed money for for doing this yeah. you know um, so that's been that's been positive. We're not like hurting, right. <laughs> but we also are pretty, pretty tight on what we can do next. Sure. Sure. Um, 
yeah, so that's what we're we're thinking. I I think we would like to be ready to sit down and actually fully record them and not just be doing demos by spring summer for release in the fall. Yeah. I think that's my ideal timeline. Um, but I'm also like, if it takes longer, that's also fine. This sure. is going to be a crazy year. Yeah. I can just tell already that it's going to be a busy year. In more ways. Just work and um, just the goals we're setting for ourselves as a, ourselves as a family. Yeah. Um, and, and getting some things done around the house. and um, It's going to be jammed. And sometimes that that blocks up the ability to focus on the creative side. Sure. Um, but the remedy to that is being intentional with the time you do have, right? Like sure. Even if, so I block off 60 minutes a day that is for music. Right. Um, and I don't always get to it, but I get a reminder every day right. that it's time to do it. Right. <laughs> you know? So at least it comes to mind. And I, so I sat down to work on um, a Christmas tune. At the beginning of January, working on a, on a Christmas tune while, yeah. it's, while it's fresh. Um, and I was like, I'm going to just see if I can get some of this out. And, you know, by the time I was done, I had enough to send to the guys and say, hey, we can throw this on the Christmas EP right. you know, for right. next year. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So it's nice to to be able to like I'm going to do this for five minutes and if it's if I'm not feeling it after five minutes then I'm going to stop I almost never stop after five minutes don't ask Ensel yeah well I mean that's I mean that's that's your routine that's that's your putting in putting in the work that's yeah um yeah that and that's it and it's just trying to continue to find balance for family health and and work and art but for the time like the whole time that i've known you like you, there's been a large like large amount of your writing has always been autobiographical or at least inspired by auto- sure biography yeah yeah we're sticking with it um so you know talking about the balance of family life and creative not always be able to do that do you do you feel like when you can't always do creative stuff that because you're doing life stuff does that tend to influence what you're working on when you get to do it or not not necessarily not really I don't think um, what I write is as autobiographical as you might think I mean it's it's taking um it's taking things from different sources, sure. different people, different experiences, and then maybe yeah. making that all one experience right. that you can write about. But generally, that's not sure. not the case. I always have this this fear that someone's going to figure it out. <laughs> so I'm just like, let's make this as obscure sure. as possible. Sure. Yeah. See, and that was in my in my writing, not mm-hmm. music writing, just writing, writing. Yeah. I, was, I always had the opposite problem. Where I was like way too autobiographical. <laughs> like, you know, this is literally just like two months of our relationship <laughs> in a story. I'm like, no, no, no these characters have these names. <laughs> this is yeah, but this is Glot and yeah. <laughs> Debecca. <laughs> you know, 
Yeah. You know. Totally different people. Yeah. yeah. People know them. Those are names, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, most of the time it's a line that might not make sense. Sure. In any of the, I, I, I'm realizing it more and more that I'm not figuring out what these things are even about or what they mean until they're well past. Until they're already a thing. They're already a thing, yeah. It's so weird, like, I know what you mean, because I, earlier this year, I listened to a couple songs. I don't know if that's picking up, but that sounds like peeing in the sink. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a nice height, and, you know, Um, plus the sink in the bathroom is so small. This just gives you the room you need to just squat yeah. And be comfortable. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Need some more? No, I'm all right. Uh, uh, there was stuff that I wrote in the 90s that I listened yeah. to, you know, like recordings that are yeah. you know, 25 years old. And I was like, oh, it's weird how some of the stuff I wrote about when I was talking out of my ass, just like saying this and that, this yeah. actually like has some relevance in my life yeah. now. So, yeah. There were. Um, yeah, there was some that that second that that uh, those two minus scale tunes we did in like two thousand nineteen, yeah. eighteen. Back then, <laughs> we did those. Those were examples of like I don't know. Here's a bunch of words, I guess, right. and you know, I'm saying them mm-hmm. at Chris's place, yeah. and like choking up, like oh my god, right. that's what this this is how on the edge. Yeah, I, I was at this point. You know, like it's it's really interesting to uh, to realize those things. That like the things you're telling yourself in the future, right? <laughs> you know, like you're not going to get this right now. Yeah. Um, so it is fun to go back and and I think that led to me kind of trusting whatever weird turn of phrase came out. Sure. To just print it. Like, right. Fine. Fine. We'll figure right. it out later. You know. Uh, like a little time capsule that you know, you're like this is right this <laughs> time bomb, really. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that uh, yeah, that um, you don't really know how what you're thinking is going to come out, right? So you just got to kind of trust that this is probably something, uh, and if nothing else, it's for me, and that's fine, right? Um, which has basically been the case my entire. <laughs> well, this is for me, so it's fine. Right. <laughs> you know? Sure. Um, but yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, is how you always end a very convincing. Um, yeah, like, but yeah, I meant that shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, you guys were talking about, or you, you were talking about, you guys doing a, a full LP. Do you? already have do you already know what songs are going to be on there is it no, still a developing thing it's still developing because if you'd asked me that a year ago I knew and I think collectively as a band we knew what those 10 or 12 tunes would sure. be um, but as we got to the year like Mark doesn't like this but like I kill my darlings a lot and yeah. sometimes they're Mark's favorite things <laughs> so, sure. um, so I've kind of like hey let's, let's slow down on saying these are for sure because right. there are 
a bunch of voice memos from this summer that I haven't had a chance to process yet. So, so our goal is to to demo twenty or thirty, yeah, and then um, and kind of go from there. And you know, guess what, dude? Like, if we get through twenty or thirty of those, and we only like six of them, but we really want to put out an LP, then we'll wait another year. Because guess what? Nobody's waiting. Right. <laughs> Nobody's right. waiting for it. Right. You're getting them as I record them. Right. And right. Then you're our target audience. Right. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, well aware of that fact. And I think that's comforting. Yeah. Like, why are we putting a schedule on this? Like, we can. We can do whatever. Of course, by the time it's ready to come out, I'll be all fired up and like ready to. Yeah, like, let's do it. Let's, let's do go. It. Yeah. It's so funny looking at the timeline for releases from like like the way rock and roll happened because like in the '60s, where like you know with, with like Beatles and the Stones, because they started out just primarily as singles artists, yeah, and then the album was a hey, we just compiled together all the singles you know six singles in the b-side right. or whatever um and then it kind of put the like you look at like Led zeppelin black sabbath in the 70s and like some of those bands released two albums you know a year yeah like and you're like here's 16 songs like that you know yeah 50 years later are still looked at as like pillars of classic yeah. rock but like yeah, now, like, I think in the last, I think the last 20 years, I think Metallica has released four albums, so, yeah. you know, but, I mean, obviously. It's four too many as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> one of them wasn't horrible, but, you know. Okay. Yeah, but, <laughs> I'm I not going to take the time to figure out which one that not, was. Not your, uh, My favorite Metallica release is the, some kind of monster documentary. <laughs> that is a... Uh, I do take that back. Black Album was one of those first record, one of the first records that I really. Sure, but that album's thirty-two years old. Though. Yeah, like, that's crazy. Yeah. Like, um, that's fun. My this is a non sequitur, but it made me when you're like, that's, I don't want to take the time to figure it out. <laughs> my stepfather and I don't care because he's never going to listen to this. Uh, the other day was uh, we we're talking in the kitchen and because uh, he works in a kitchen himself, yeah. but we're talking in the kitchen in the house, and he's like. Do you know what the song Californication is really about? I was like, I don't care. I was like, no, trust me. He's like, no, it's really interesting. I'm like, it's, it isn't. I'm going to tell you because Anthony Kiedis wrote it. I was like... And was worse like, than that, he's saying it. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, let me guess, it's about California? And he's like, no, oh, it's about... And he starts going through, and you know, some of the stuff that's mentioned, and I'm like, yeah, I know all of that. I was like, yeah. he's like, it's actually a pretty deep song. I'm like, it's not. It's not. I'm like, you can like what you like. Yeah. But I was like, mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. I always find myself coming out on the wrong side of the Red Hot Chili Peppers argument. Yeah. And I just appreciate that we can both be here hating that band. Sure. sure. <laughs> like it doesn't happen very often. No. It's not. Well, it was funny because, like, I was, I was a big fan for a long time. Yeah. And, but I, you know, I was talking to someone a few years ago about it, and I was like, in my mind, even back then, but now, I was like, their best album was 91, same year as the Black album, yep. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Yep. And I listened to that from front to back last year for the first time in years. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I can't do this. Like, and I was like, yeah. Yeah, this is their creative high point. 
Yeah. I was like, I, this band is not for me. Yeah, that was the, that was the record for me too. And yeah. I'm not gonna take the time to go back and listen to it. No, it's one of those things that like, and it, I was bummed. I, I think I was one of the only people who was aware of the Red Hot Chili Peppers that was bummed that John Frusciante rejoined because when he <laughs> left, I was like, cool, this gives me permission to not give a shit about the yeah. Chili Peppers anymore because I like his solo stuff. Yeah. And I think he's an interesting cat. And like, like Anthony Kiedis isn't even the best singer in the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, he, John Frusciante's got a better singing voice than he does. Oh, yeah. But I'm just like, I was like, you rejoined? Ah, dude, come on. Now I have to like yeah. at least be aware yeah. of it again. And, yeah. I, I, despite how much I don't like that band, I like it when long-time members are back. at back. Sure. So, like, with, uh, I think Dave Depper is a very talented dude, but I haven't been able to get into Death Cab for Cutie since right. Chris Walla left. Right. <laughs> like, that just seems, it just, just seems broken to me. Sure. Uh, That's not the band I signed up for. Yeah. Actually, the new record is, it's... It's good, yeah. but it feels different. Well, it's, it's funny you should say that, and this is something that, like, I've had, I had this conversation somewhat recently because I just, I just saw Caden a couple weeks ago, yeah. and, like, it's, you know, it's no secret. I've said many times, like, Caden's my favorite band. And yeah. not only that, I am friends or friendly with, you know, several members of that yeah. band. Um, and I love that they're still making music. But having said that, it's not the same band without Caleb. And, and, and there's yeah. no way it could be because Caleb died. Yeah. But it's like seeing them now, I'm like, well, this is a new band that happens to also be called Caven and has three of the four members yeah. of the band. And and it is, so I can kind of see what, you know, I can definitely agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, when it's particularly a band that has had such a integral like chemistry with like four or five guys yeah. that have played or gals uh, True. played together and then yeah 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 it's uh but it goes back to our conversation from beforehand too right that like like change is the only constant sure. so yeah people are gonna change their minds about like being involved with with bands and they're gonna do different things sure. and, but I mean that's it's really not my problem <laughs> you know yeah, like for sure. it just doesn't doesn't feel the same to yeah. me so I'm not going to consume it as much anymore I'll consume the old stuff right. And, right. but like it's still like the bass player uh, Scott Shiner in Weezer, the Weezer? Weezer? Yeah. he's been in that band longer than yeah he's than, been I think he's been Mikey in the band Walsh, 20 years but yeah. I still think of uh, <laughs> Uh, Matt uh, Sharp. Yeah, I'm like that's the bass player from Weezer, and he wasn't yeah. even the first bass player, but yeah. he's on the Blue Album and Pinkerton's. Right. Yeah. So I still, I don't know. It's it's weird, but then I have no problem with with Guided by Voices like rotating band members constantly. That's not weird. Well, that was just. I mean, that was always kind of like just uh, Bob yeah. Collins, and, and, and you know. Yeah. But yeah, it's always like. Yeah, it is weird because I, you know, talking talking about bands that neither of us care about. Uh, like last year, when they're like, ah, Mick Mars isn't going to tour with Motley Crue anymore. And I was like, Mick Mars is still alive. Right. I was like, yeah, but he was like, 
He was the fourth most famous member of Molly. Like, <laughs> and the fact that you said that and Ace Freely is the picture that popped in my head, sure. like speaking of bands we don't care about. Right. Yeah. Or maybe you do. I don't know about you. Yeah, I feel about which Kiss. is funny because I saw you have that songwriter magazine in the living room. With I saw it on the cover and I like, didn't open it. <laughs> I was like, it's like, these guys are on the cover of American Songwriter? Well, I guess that's fine. So and the article's great. I have because like, they're talking about not playing anymore. <laughs> you're like, you're like, can we get a contract drafted? We we could do it until we're in their nineties if we didn't have to wear forty pounds a gear. Like, yeah, forty pounds a gear and platform shoes. Or see, I don't even have an excuse. Like, I got into Kiss in my forties. Like, okay. Like, I didn't grow up listening to him because I wasn't allowed to. Right. So it was one of those, like, pinnacle, like, they're like, oh, they're a dangerous band. And then, like, about three quarters of the way through their discography, I was like, oh, they're like the Ramones. If the Ramones were terrible. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. they're very basic songs, but they're, like, I mean, because I'm saying that, thinking the Ramones mm-hmm. are one of the greatest American bands of all time. Sure. Um, yeah, you know, that that's an interesting uh, parallel, right? Because when I think of Kiss, I just think of, like, this is just, like, 14-year-old boy sexual innuendo. Like, yeah. this is, like, yeah. this is just, but I don't need dudes this. in their 70s, dudes, like, literally. But even when it was dudes in their 20s, like, okay, come on. Right. Like, right. But then, like, yeah, I think about the Ramones, and, like, well, I guess maybe it's, <sighs> why do I like the Ramones and I don't like Kiss, though? Sure. You know what I mean? Right. Well, to me, I did. I did find a box of Carbona downstairs the other day while I was cleaning my laundry room. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what they're talking about, Carbona not glue. Right. Yeah. Should I huff this? <laughs> Should I contribute? <laughs> just cut a bunch of lines huff of Carbona on my freshly cleaned dryer. Huff one out for DD. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, it's interesting because I was actually to you know go go around the world with musical band. I'm listening to. Bonham's autobiography, uh, um, which okay. early in, because he's basically going through his life and like kind of talking about different songs, and, yeah. you know. Um, but like early on, like, you know, I mean, they have that song, The Miracle of Joey Ramone, which, uh, you know, I didn't realize at the time how much the Ramones actually influenced him growing up because basically it was like, it doesn't matter if you know how to play or not, if you have the intention there and you, right. but not only have the intention, but believe that you need to get that attention, that intention across, yeah. you can do it. And, it, and um, where I feel like the Ramones, that's their, that was their thing was we're not great players, but we've got to make this noise where yeah. this is like, we're not great players, but we're going to disguise that by breathing fire and, you know, yeah. having the, the drum kit spin around yeah. and stuff like It's a spectacle. Over, yeah. You know, so. Yeah. And again, are we talking about Motley Crue or Kiss there? Because I totally think. Kiss, Kiss, okay, Kiss. Because I definitely blend them. Oh, I think, I think they do. I think Motley Crue with the spinning drums. Well, Kiss did it oh, yeah. for a while, too. Um, oh, we, we've already made fun yeah, of the fact yeah, that yeah. I have this. Look at yeah. that. That's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty good. Um, Look at these guys. Man. Well, you know, I first, I didn't, like, I first discovered Kiss because in the late 70s, I went over to a friend from school's house, and yeah. he had the 12-inch the Star Wars figures, uh, not just the little ones, but the big ones, and uh, 
But he also had a couple Kiss figures. I'm pretty sure he had uh, Peter Chris, the Catman, yep. and yep. Gene Simmons because Gene Simmons had the tongue yep. molded out, um, so he was just constantly <laughs> like there. And I didn't know what Kiss was, and yeah. I just thought like they were like Darth Vader's friends from another neighborhood. Like I thought they were other yeah. bad guys. Is it Knights in Service of Satan? No, but that's become like a okay. That's become a, <laughs> Uh, urban legend for, okay. a, for a while but when I heard that you know because I, I came home a day and my mom's like what'd you do I was like oh you know I was playing at Marty's house she's like what were you playing I was like oh, Star Wars and Kiss she's like you kissed and I was like no 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 he's got Kiss dolls too and she's like you can't have anything to do with Kiss Kiss is evil you know they're yeah. You, you know, you were listening to Kiss. I was like, "What do you mean listening to Kiss?" She's like, "Their music." I was like, "I didn't know Kiss was a band. Like, I I had no idea, but it was like forbidden." Yeah. And then, you know, growing up in the church, it was like, "Oh, Kiss worships the devil." And like, so for years in my head, I was like, "Oh, they're one of the most dangerous bands out there." And yeah. Like, then when I put like their, you know, their records on, and I was like, "This is like bubblegum schmaltz." Like, yeah. I was like, this band yep. is what my parents were afraid of. Like, give me a break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, but Def Leppard is also in this issue. How dare you? How dare you? I love Def Leppard. So do I. Yeah. So do I. Um, and it actually, um, really weird musical, uh, just absorbing everything growing up. Mm. Like, so I would take the money I would get, uh, like chore money or whatever, and go to strawberries yeah. and, uh, and, and buy records. I, I got Pearl Jam 10. Mm. Like that was one of the first records I ever bought with mm-hmm. money. Uh, and then like the next week, um, I knew of Def Leppard from the last action hero soundtrack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Two steps behind. Two steps behind. And they had multiple versions on that soundtrack. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Uh, but I remember going in right around the time the, oh, what was the record called? It was the moment where it was a woman looking into a vanity mirror. But if you stood retroactive. Retroactive. Yeah. I saw that album card. I was like, that's fucking cool. I want to want to see that at my house. Because, right. yeah, because it was, you saw two different right. things. So, yeah, that was one of them. Nice. So, so I got into that band for a while. Uh, and reading through this going, you know what? They they aren't good pop songwriters. Sure. And they're great songs. So um, that's that's on my 2023 to-do list is to, to go back through Def Leppard. Yeah, it's, uh, well, so my, I'm sure you've heard this story before, but like, you know, because I was only allowed to listen to Christian music growing right. up. So we moved to New Hampshire in 87. In yeah. 88, it was when I first started buying music on my own because my mom gave me, knew I was like starting to get into like hard rock and stuff like yeah. that. She gave me a Striper tape for Christmas. Yeah, there you go. And uh, I was like, this isn't cool. <laughs> so I, the two tapes that I spent my own money on, I bought, they both came out in 87, was uh, Hysteria by Def Leppard yeah. and Appetite for Destruction by Guns okay, N' Roses. Yeah. And I hid them in my garage and every Saturday I would have to mow the lawn. We had like three quarters of an acre of yeah. the lawn. And so, you know, it took me about an hour to do it. Yeah. So I would go out with my Walkman, with my striper tape, take the tape out, take Hysteria or Appetite for Destruction, put yeah. that in there, 
and then listen to that while my mom thought I was listening to Striper the whole time. But like that was like the summer of '88. Yeah. That album and Appetite for Destruction were like yeah. my you know. I remember convincing uh, my grandmother to get me Appetite for Destruction because it had a crucifix on the cover. You like that Christian man? It's fine. Yeah. yeah. You like this stuff. Yeah. I'm not going to play it for you, but you, you like crosses and stuff, right? This is what that is. It's cool. It's don't look at the inside. I definitely don't look at the... <laughs> the lady raped by a robot on the inside. Yeah. Edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, was, uh, man. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was... Um, we've had that conversation. Like, how, how do I... How do I reconcile all of that with the climate we're in today sure like how do i and i still haven't totally been able to do it but how do i listen to ryan adams again how do i how do i listen to these artists again yeah um and i i I don't know i don't know how to do it yeah it's it's, we're taking a turn here maybe we're no (laughs) it's it's fine it's funny because like you know bringing it all back to new nord you know i'd had that conversation with Eric Ott, who did the, you know, design for yeah, Orange yeah. Blubber, and, um, cause I had a real, real problem with when, when everything came out about Brian Adams, cause I was like, uh, and, uh, cause yeah, I was a huge Ryan Adams fan and I, mm-hmm. st- I, I think he's an amazing songwriter. Yeah. Um, but for me, it, it was just hard because his stuff seems so autobiographical. Mm-hmm. Like, how do I relate to this dude who, like, clearly, like, at the very least, needs some help and, like, yeah. you know, has has been not great to a lot of people, it seems mm-hmm. like, you know. Um, yeah. I mean, I, this is a more extreme version, but I literally, like, five or six years ago, was at um, Goodwill in Seabrook yeah. and you know rifling through the, the vinyl bin and yeah. this was before all the like thrift stores figured out that like oh vinyl's hot again so it was yeah. like, still pretty cheap and I found five like pretty like almost pristine copies of early Cosby records um, yeah. and this was pre what we know about him now yeah. and I was so psyched and I was like oh because these you know I, I listened yeah. to them growing up and I was like these are fun got him home and then like literally like like less than a week later yeah everything and I was like Ooh. and like I even tried a couple months later like putting one of them on and I'm like can't listen to these I'm like I wish I knew someone somewhere who didn't have like the internet at all that I could just give these records to and yeah. be like you're gonna like these and that's all you need to know because you because yeah because that person would have no idea and yeah. I, I also think about like we love Bing Crosby right but he was terrible we we, right. we uh, John Lennon yeah like monster yeah. total monster yeah yeah like that's a dude that would not have made it through yeah. the last 10 years right. we, he would have they would have canceled John Lennon yeah you know um, so how do we separate the art from the artist when the con- the consumption of the art supports the artist's sure. life and ability to potentially do more terrible things. So, mm. so, so that's the inner conversation I have with myself while not listening to him. Right. 
continuing well, to not listen to Ryan. No, well, that's and that's that's what I told Eric. Um, you know, yeah. and again, going back to our pre-conversation about having someone that you can have a wildly different opinion yeah. with, but still have a conversation with, because yeah. there's mutual respect there. Is because um, he was basically like, "Well, you're kind of being a hypocrite because you listen to this person and this person," and, and I was like, "I just, to me." It, I just have to follow my own gut if I try and put it on and I'm like, nope. Yeah. Um, Cause like I can still listen to Michael Jackson and I don't have, that was the other one I was going to bring up. But yeah. yeah. But I think because that was like the soundtrack of my childhood, not just like, cause you know, being, being a little older than you, like a lot of that stuff was brand new when I was a kid and it was like everywhere. Yeah. And so, you know, because music ties itself to, you know, time and place where you're sure. at. Because, yeah. um, you know, I think about, like, whatever the worst band in the world is to me. Yeah. That's someone's favorite artist. Right. And that's completely legitimate. Red Hot Chili Peppers. <laughs> sure. Yes. Like, I mean, I know a couple of people who that's their favorite yeah. band. And they're wonderful people. <laughs> you know. Um, you know, clearly they've been broken at some point. <laughs> but, like... I mean, like, I mean, I can't, I can't, I can't always define like why X, Y, and Z yeah. uh, makes endears music to to you, but yeah. you know, it just does, and you know, yeah, that's and that's Guns N' Roses to me, sure, you know, like oh, this is really hard to. I, I, I will say, you know, going back to what we were talking about, about like original members rejoining, it did, it did make me happy when Slash and Duff started playing with him again. Cause, yeah. Cause I was like, for a while, I was like, he shouldn't be calling this Guns N' Roses. For it's sure. just no. whoever's, you know, living in your pool house <laughs> is playing guitar. <laughs> right. And, you know, but I was like, couldn't get Izzy back. Come on. Couldn't sure. get Izzy back for the Use Your Illusion tour. Well, I don't know because those. I would like, take Gilby Clark. They. Well, so what I didn't. Know, Am I going to regret that? Is there something? No, I'm no, no. Regret? There's nothing, nothing bad about Gilby. I just, um, you know, he produced the first Bronx album. No. Yeah, it's so weird. Um, you know, the one with the ladies' lips with the blood. Yeah. Where, where, yeah, but, all that um, checks out. Yes. I didn't realize because they just released deluxe versions of Use Your Illusion one and two, yeah. and looking at the timeline because the internet didn't exist when yeah. those came out I didn't realize by the time Use Your Illusion 1 and 2 had like come out Izzy had already left the band I remember that yeah like I knew that it was like because yeah. we didn't find out for a while because it was like I think it was the Don't Cry video that says like where's Izzy or whatever yeah because like because I saw them something with Skid Row before the albums came out but it was all already the Usual yeah. Illusion tour and as he played with them and then I saw them with Soundgarden opening for them like a year later uh-huh. and Gilby was playing with them um, and I was like oh because he's not there and then you know written like Hit Parader or Circus Magazine yeah. they're like he quit and blah 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 blah, blah. Yeah. but yeah I didn't realize by the time the records had come out he had already quit yeah Somehow, I did know that. Not to brag. Right. <laughs> I don't know if it was like an MTV News thing or a Rolling right. Stone. I can't remember how I figured it out. I'm but. pretty up on my Izzy Stratton. <laughs> 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 
Where is he? Right. Um, yeah. It's funny because when uh, when those guys rejoined Guns N' Roses a couple of years ago, like there was a he called Rolling Stone up and was like, because they're like he must be God's. And they they were, like they were, I remember reading the article. They're like we assumed it was just someone like trolling us and he's like and then he like video conference called them and he's like no it's me and they're like what's going on he's like yeah i don't really want to he's like i i hate touring yeah and he's like you know i'm an addict and i had to get off of that tour to he's like i know those guys are all clean and like he's like i'm friends with those guys and he was involved at at one point there was speculation he was going to be involved with revolver um, okay, and he was just like, "Yeah, I don't want to tour." No, yeah. like, all right, we'll, we'll get this other guitar. Yeah, him. but like, you know, he had worked on writing some stuff, and but I, but I don't know if like residuals from those albums can be enough to live on. I mean, maybe if he lived like a meager existence. I mean, because you know, Habitat for Destruction is like one of the best selling albums of all time. Like. Right, but what was his? Well, he was one of the, he's one of the main songwriters in the band. Uh, right. So, I mean, their first album, it was credited to all five, but yeah. like I, at least I'd say at least forty percent of the songs on the Use Your Illusion albums, yeah. he gets a songwriting credit. So, like, maybe it's not enough to live on, but it's maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's a Wikipedia Wikipedia page. I'm gonna. And dive down at some point this week. Well, he's he's released albums like, yeah, but like he doesn't really like he'll play like he's they're like oh I played five shows in Japan when this came out and that's yeah. it. I don't know. I just I think he's like Mister Reckless. He's, he's probably like he probably has like a series of different bars that he's, that he's either he plays or he does something like he probably lives in like Oklahoma and like yeah. you know works at a like a feed and grain store and yeah. like he's like tinkers away at his home studio and here's a new record yeah but yeah I just, yeah who knows yeah i mean i'm sure he had enough money in the early 90s where he could like buy property and it was just like not have to worry about that yeah if well yeah if he had an accountant to Sure. Tell him what to do with his money. <laughs> well, I read, I read um, Duff's autobiography ten years ago. Okay. Um, and in the early nineties, he talked to his his father in law at the time, and he's like, "I've got all this money. Like, I don't." He's like, "I can't tell you what to do." He's like, "But I've invested in some stock." Yeah. He's like, "You know, you might want to do that." And he's like, "Well, I don't know what to do." He's like, "Well, here's three companies I just invested in. They're new companies because." Duff is from Seattle. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, there's this company called Starbucks. You know, it's a coffee company and they're trying to go worldwide. And he's like, and there's this company called Microsoft. And I, for, I think it might've been Amazon was the other one, yeah. but like Duff just bought stock in all three of those, like in like 92. Yeah. And like, you know, in his autobiography, he's just like, he's like, yeah, like I, he's like, I, I was financially set. Um, and he's like, cause he, before he rejoined Guns N' Roses, his main thing was like, he has a firm that like is financial consultant for mm-hmm. like, musicians and stuff. Cause yeah. he's like, nobody knows what to do with their money. Yeah. And he's like, I just help those guys. Cause like, he's like, I don't do most of it. It's other people. But yeah. the fact that, you know, 
I lucked out and just picked three things that ended up being huge companies. Sure. But yeah, man, good for him. I mean, if I because you know I used to cut out all the magazine pictures and put them on walls. Right. If I'm, if I'm like that guy's probably got to be a financial analyst and advisor <laughs> in thirty years, no way. Yeah, that's uh, that is a path that people take. Yeah. Um, <laughs> You know, taking a, taking a page from a Weezer lyric, even Izzy Slash and Axl Rose, since yeah. we're talking uh, about that, uh, you have a show coming up. Yes. Uh, to, you know. Yeah, Megan and Brian's place. Yeah. Um, What's, tell, me, tell me a little bit about that. Uh, so we're... It's a solo show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just uh, a pairing wine and songs. Nice. So you do a little storytelling, little stories about, about the wines. Yeah. Megan's gonna gonna host. Um yeah, over at the Firmament. Have you been have you been in there yet? I have not been in there. Yeah. No. It's pretty awesome. It's pretty new, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's just down uh the street from uh integrated massage, Megan's Megan's place. And uh yeah. But it's it it really has the vibe of a of a place you would go hang out yeah. except you can sample wine sure. right there and um, and yeah no, it's just a really comfortable place to be so is it like is your set going to be like theme, like a flight like okay here's a glass of wine we'll tell you a little bit about it now Ryan's going to play a song to be honest we're still figuring out because you're the, the first point. one yeah. Scene, right? yeah it's pretty cool we've had some conversations about you know uh, the details um, but there, there's still some things to iron out Right on. So, when is that show? That is January twentieth um, at the Firmament. You're gonna have to post the Firmament website in the intro. Sure. I can't remember. Can't, the Firmament dot com. I hope that's in what right. town? In Dover. Thank you. Yeah. New Hampshire. Dover, New Hampshire. New Hampshire. <laughs> Dover, Delaware. Yeah. We're in January twentieth. January twenty three. Yeah, and it's like six thirty to eight, so it's an early night. Yeah. Uh, there is no. Uh, there's plenty of parking. Nice. So uh, I'm assuming with each, after each song, you'll be drinking a glass of wine. So as the night progresses, you'll be doing more and more kiss covers. It's going to be my, it's going to be my Bob Pollard uh, tribute. Nice. Just, uh, yeah, more, more kiss covers for sure. Yeah. Uh, actually, um, we have this habit in our house of naming our devices. So our, our vacuum over there, that Roomba, its name is Kate after the Ben Folds father tune. Mm. Um, but there is a light downstairs named Beth nice. after the Kiss song. Nice. Um, and I don't even know that song from Kiss. It's a the Murgatroyd cover of Sure. Beth. Yeah. Sure. Which is better. Beth Kennedy. <laughs> I was like, oh man. <laughs> Catman sings that one. Yeah. 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 Whichever person is the cat man that night just, uh, yeah yeah because yeah, it's just the, these two yeah because eric singer is now the drummer i mean and he's been he's been the drummer twice in case yeah he's the cat man now yeah and he sings beth yeah know, peter chris now it's just uh matt sharp and and um nick morris and kiss yeah yep <laughs> yeah just those <laughs> man. <laughs> man that's uh i mean that's probably a good place as any name and this craft. <laughs> yeah. How do we um, do? Yeah. Does, does New Nord 
have anything on the books for shows? Yeah, we're playing February 11th uh, in Newmarket uh, at the Stone Church. It's a, nice. a fundraiser for the Newmarket High School nice. uh, project graduation. Right so, uh, so yeah, it'll be good to get out there and play that. We haven't played Stone Church, um, so that'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, that's right around the corner from Mark. So, yeah. Right around the corner from Mark. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, Mark li- he lives in the fields. Right. We're going to be in the market. That's true. I'm almost exactly in between where Mark lives and where the Stone Church is. Well, Mark, give you a ride. Yeah. <laughs> you have to walk in with no sidewalk. It's right. terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll do that. And it's the only thing we have in the books for, for 2023 right now. Yeah. And we'll, we'll get there. Um, we'll get that squared away. Right. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, yeah. And if, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't heard it, check out uh, New Lords Whatever's Clever EP from 2022. Join our 23 monthly listeners right. <laughs> on Spotify. <laughs> and, yeah, where they, I, don't, I don't check that every morning, but, uh, but I do. But if I did. <laughs> if I did. Yeah. But I did, yeah. And it's a great record. It, uh, you know, for what it's worth, it made my top 10 of 2022. I, you know what? I didn't check any top 10 lists this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll have to go back and I'll put the Instagram app on my phone. And, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. You and, you and, uh, you're right above Travis. Right above Travis? Right above Travis. I don't think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. Is well, it is because we had, we had, we had, um, no, I'm not going to ask you to justify it. <laughs> well, there's, there's three of you in that band. And so I know in a fight, you guys could take me down easier than Travis could. <laughs> That's fair. I don't think Travis could take anybody in a fight. No. No. I'm not sure he could combat these two cats. <laughs> They're pretty brutal. Love you, Travis. Hey, buddy. Sorry. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks hey, for, thanks, thanks for having me. This is fun. Cool.